So I was choosing partners that after a period of time, they would get upset at me over and over of lots of different things. They just weren't happy with who I was or the actions or decisions or things I did in my business or whatever, whatever it was that made them feel like they were insecure or something. Same. And so I would say, okay, I'll, I'll change this to make you happy. Okay, you don't like me doing this? Okay, I'll stop doing this. Okay, you don't like me salsa dancing? You don't like me traveling? You don't like me speaking? You don't like me doing it? Okay, like whatever's gonna make you happy because there was love there. And I thought that when you love someone, you'll do whatever you can to make that love stay, to make it last. And so I would give and give and give up who I was in order to create peace and love. And what I was doing was creating incredible pain, resentment, and anger and frustration with inside of me of the person, of the relationship, and of myself. Because you were abandoning yourself. Abandoning myself over and over again. And I didn't know how to say no and how, how to be around someone who was unhappy with me in intimacy. I could do this in business and friends, but in intimacy, when there was love, I didn't know how to say no. And so I just gave in to create peace. And what I realized is that, you know, I was looking to create, to buy peace by abandoning myself, but you can't buy peace. We must be peace. And if someone is okay with that, great. And if they're not, then maybe you're not in alignment and that's okay. But I was not willing to let go of the feeling of love. It was a false love. It wasn't authentic love because authentic love is accepting the person for who they are and them accepting you for who you are. It's not trying to change the person. If you're trying to change someone, you shouldn't be with them. We should be elevating each other to grow. But if there are fundamental things about you that I don't like mm. and I'm trying to change you, why am I in a relationship with you? Go find someone that you don't need to change and vice versa. And so my girlfriend, Martha, I was like, listen, we started dating and I'd done months of this healing work and finally started a process and feel this inner peace. I said, listen, I'm going to be 100% authentic to who I am. I'm going to obnoxiously be myself around you. And I'm letting you know, I want to, I want to be so obnoxiously myself that I, I hope you run away. I hope you run away because I'm never going to change. I'm not going to change for you or anyone else. I'm going to evolve. I'm going to constantly improve, grow. I want you to be willing to give me feedback, but I'm not going to change of something you're unhappy about, about me. Here are my values. Here's my vision. Here's my lifestyle. This is what I'm going to be doing. I'm not going to change this stuff. Just letting you know. And uh, it's been a beautiful journey because it's amazing to, to see what it's like having authentic trust and someone receiving you for 100% who you are. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Timmy Gibson Show. Tammy. What's up? Hey, Timmy. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Good. Good okay. to see you. It's good to see you too. <clears throat> Thanks yeah. for the whiskey and sunshine tonight. I know. <laughs> what I call that? The Western sling? It was the whiskey sling. Whiskey sling. Whiskey sling. It is yeah. a good drink. It's very good. <laughs> oh my God. It's uh it's got a Tennessee whiskey, uh lemon, and simple syrup and orange bitters. It's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> it is delicious. It is delightful. Oh my gosh. So we're talking about the biggest um the biggest challenge? Biggest, biggest killer. The biggest killer. That's it, right? Yeah. The biggest killer to a happy, healthy relationship. And which is what? What is it? 
what is the biggest killer? That is, um, <laughs> just, it's the whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest it's killer the- is whiskey. <laughs> oh my! Compromising goodness. your authentic self. Yes. The biggest threat to relationships. Um, so you just heard a clip from, do you want to tell them who that clip was from? Yeah, this, this was a clip from, um, the uh, podcast is called diary of a CEO by Stephen Bartlett and he's interviewing Lewis Howes and, um, episode 134. If you want to listen to it, it's fantastic. A lot of content you can find it on YouTube or, um, I think I found it on Spotify, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Lewis Howes. I, he is one of those individuals that has, um, discovered, uh, emotional healing. Yeah. And yeah, he was sexually abused. Yes. Yeah. He talks about it. He d- he wrote a whole book about it. Oh, did he? He did. Yes. Have um, you, have you read it or you I have know? not. Okay. It's, um, I I'll, I'll look for the, the name of it. We mention it later here in the podcast, but I just, I really admire him and the work that he's done. Um, and he doesn't, his podcasts aren't all about relationships. He does podcasts about health and money and, and growth, but he was, he's a uh, former professional athlete and, um, and his mission in life is to, to reach millions. I think he says in this 100 million, 100 million people and to change their lives, not just to reach them, but to change their lives. And I'm just, I'm fascinated by all of the uh, guests he's had on, but this particular one where he talks about not compromising your authentic self just really spoke to me just from my past and, you know, having been told what my authentic self was right. and then now discovering what that is and really embracing it. Yeah. I'm, I'm so just, excited to talk about this because yes. you and I, obviously we share a, a similar background of, of leaving religion and, you know, following more of a spiritual path than religious, uh, real quick, that book, is it the mask of masculinity? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, by Lewis Howes, The Mask of Masculinity is the title of that book, and it is available on uh, Amazon. So there you go. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, one of the things that I've talked about quite a bit on the podcast is, uh, you know, I was married for 25 years and now I'm divorced and have been divorced for three years. And that has literally been like the best thing that has ever happened to me. And let me let me say this just because I, I know there are people that are going to hear that and be like, <gasps> the divorce, the, you're the, saying the divorce was the best thing that ever yes, happened to you. The marriage was the best thing that ever happened to me for those 25 mm-hmm. years. Right. And then yeah. when I got divorced, that was then now the best thing for me. So I don't want anybody to think that I have, um, any ill emotions about my marriage. It, I would do it all over again. Honestly, mm-hmm. like I would, if I could go back in time, I would still do the same thing, you know, produce two wonderful children out of it. But the divorce specifically forced me to discover who Timmy was, who, who my authentic self, mm-hmm. which is like I said, like Pammy said, to reiterate what Pammy said, listen to this podcast that she uh, mentioned, like listen to that podcast. It's really, really good. Um, and we'll touch on a lot of the same topics, but uh, I thought they did a really good job they talking did. about it. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's probably been the biggest um, blessing in my life actually is, 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 as tragic and as hard and as sad as a divorce is, um, the life and the growth that came from it 
is something I would never want to give up. Mm-hmm. You know, I would never want to give up what I've learned about myself. And, and also, like I said, just a second ago about you and I sharing coming from a religious background, there was a lot of, and this isn't anybody's fault. It's just a part of my story, but you know, you were, sh- I was shaped and I was molded into this, you know, into this, this Christian boy, you know, mm-hmm. That's a good <laughs> this boy. little c- good Christian boy. <laughs> and, uh, and what I realized is I'm a good boy, but it's like, I'm a different, I'm not that like, that's not my journey. That's not my, and I've felt so, and I know if you're a Christian out there, let me just say, if you listen to my podcast, especially more recent, you know, I go to church weekly. So I, I still have a very fond place in my heart for um, Christianity at, at some level. And I think it's a powerful story and, and I love and respect Jesus and all that stuff. I just don't view the story like the, the especially an evangelical Christian. Like I just, I just don't see it like that at all. And all I can say is, and I'm curious what you, what you're for you. I think I know what you would say, but for me personally, letting go of Christianity and walking away from that and now becoming what I would say, I would be an agnostic with a Christian background is so freeing and so delightful to let go of all the baggage and the hangups and the, I don't, you know, I, I, I wish I had more words to really uh, articulate just how much better I am than to have, to, to have walked away from not just Christianity. There's a lot of great Christians out there that are, they know themselves, they're free and they're awesome. But I was in a very conservative, right-wing, fundamental, narrow-minded, bigoted, you know, gay-hating kind of a background. So fuck those people. You know, like I have no regrets uh, about walking away from that and feel I, I I don't know. I don't know how says I was just trapped. I was lost in that world. And when I got out of it, I just did not know I could be this free and this happy. And I know that, that there are, if there's anybody that's a, you know, right wing fundamental Christian listening to this, they're like, they can't wrap their minds around that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they can't understand how could you, it's a false happiness. You're not really happy. It's like, yeah. no, I am. Yeah. I was a sold out born again, Christian, and now I'm not. And now I'm super happy <laughs> and I'm not living in a van down by the river shooting up meth. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I look, I kind of feel like I was a character in someone else's play in someone else's, you know, they handed me a script as a child and said, this is your play role. this role, play this role. Fascinating. And I, I played mean. it. I played it well. Like I would have won Oscars for that. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was, I put myself into that role and I, I played that role and I'm just, I'm like you, once I found the freedom of choosing for myself, I have never been happier. I, and 
I always go back to, um, it was always meant to be about love and what you and I are doing right now, this podcast is because we want people to grow. We want people to, you know, experience a different, a, a fuller, more expansive life. That's love. Like yeah. that we're, you know, I mean, it's, it's different than the love I knew or thought I knew growing up with that script. That love didn't feel right. It was abrasive. It was, it, it just didn't. It wasn't it, you. It, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. And, and I mean, God didn't create us. If there's a God, you know, yeah. whatever you want to, you know, source, whatever power, um, didn't create, we're not created to be something else. Right. We are created to be ourselves and to be love and, and for other two other people and for other people. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I feel so free and I, and I'm happy, um, you know, and I wouldn't go back. Yeah. And I, and I don't discount the good that it can do and that there are authentic Christians out there. Absolutely. I'm choosing not to label myself as a Christian. I have a lot of Christian values that I still live by, yeah. but I'm not going to label myself a Christian or a Buddhist or a whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm Pammy. Yeah. And I was created to be Pammy and that's how I'm going to live. Yeah. And that's to me, if, if, you know, if, if there is a God, right. If Jesus and all that stuff to me, that's what it was all about anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, it, it is all about truly being your authentic self. And, and the only thing, the only way I know how to express it is, is a lot like my, uh, a good gay friend of mine named Maurice. We were, went to the same church as children and together. And he said, it wasn't until he finally looked in the mirror and said, I'm gay. And then told all his friends, I'm gay. Like he stopped hiding it. He stopped trying to pray it away, you know, stopped trying to get it counseled out of him and try once he finally just accepted, this is who I am. This is my authentic self and living that authentic self. He told me, he said, all my suicidal thoughts went away. My depression went away. Like all the things that I was wrestling with, he goes, it just went away. Yeah. He said, I'll just it went away when I finally just like, this is who I am. I'm going to be true to myself. I'm going to live my life. Yes. And that's what it was like for me was to go, you know, going through the heartbreak of a divorce, going through the, the darkness and the depression that I went through immediately following. Of course, I went straight to therapy. And once I really started digging into, you know, the death of my sister, the death of my grandfather, the death of my father, my biological father, and my, my grandma, even when I really went into those places and said, okay, I need to revisit these things. You know, I need to, I need to go in there and, and see what's there. There was a lot there, a lot more than I expected to be there. But once I went in there and dealt with all those things and really allowed myself the freedom to go, you know what, this is who I am mm -hmm. and I'm just going to be me. And if people like it, great. If they don't, I don't give a fuck. I'm no. just going to do myself. And, and that then all of a sudden I have more friends. I have, it's like everything just expanded in my life. My business grew, my friendships grew, my relationships grew, like everything in my life just opened up. And it was fascinating because I thought, wow, people like me. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like there right. was a part that like people aren't going to like me knowing that I'm, you yes. know, whatever that, you know, the fact that I smoke weed or the fact that I'm whatever. It's like there was that fear of not being accepted or loved if I was me, right? If I wasn't a tongue-talking, spirit-filled Christian that people might not like me. Well, like, if that's what our friendship is based on, like, what am I even friends with you for? Like, like what you said, I love that. You said that, you know, I'm Pammy. Rather than, I'm a born-again Christian. Or I'm a, you know, like, it's like... <laughs> Like that's that, if that's your identity, it's like, yes. no, who are you? Yes. I'm Timmy. Yeah. Like, that's who I am. I'm not my beliefs. I'm mm -hmm. me mm -hmm. and I'm, I have beliefs, but that's not who I am. Yeah. You know, our values or whatever you want to say. Yeah. And I think that's what, what Lewis was saying, I think, and how I took it. Cause I, I really enjoyed that podcast is just the importance it, that's important, you know, and what's funny is I've said those kinds of things through the years, you know, don't lose yourself in a relationship. You should find yourself. And it's not just about finding yourself. You know, I'm, I'm talking to someone and one of the main things that I love about it is that I am me mm -hmm. and they like it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, I, I, and just like he said, like, if you don't like who I am, I'm not changing. Right. Like, this is who I am. Yeah. Why be know? in a relationship where you have to, well, you feel like you have to change someone. That's, yeah. that's not. That's and even not. the little superficial things. Mm -hmm. Like if someone's like, yeah, I wish your hair was short or I wish you didn't have so many tattoos or what. We are not going to work out. <laughs> no. You know, no. like we're just not going to work out. If you can't like literally everything about me as is mm -hmm. and vice versa. Yes. You know, uh, it's just like there's someone out there that will, that I'm, I believe this to the core. I believe this to my core. There is someone out there that's going to like everything about you. Mm -hmm. Caveat is to truly evolve and be the best version of yourself. Right. Yes. I mean, you know, if you're a nasty, lazy slob, yeah, that's who you are right now. You should evolve. Like you should, you should progress. Like you should, you know, like you should get better. Um, right. I mean, it's like, well, there's a, there's a balance to, well, this is how I am. You know, I'm rude and I'm mean and I'm an asshole. Like then plan to be alone. <laughs> <laughs> then just stay just, single, just stay single. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I guess it's, it's, it's so it's like, I don't want to, I want to make sure in my mind, this is just my, my brain's going all over the place, <laughs> a little bit of whiskey in my brain, <laughs> but it's like, we all have things to work on. So it's not like I'm saying, ignore the things that you need to work on, stay a piece of shit. And the person you're with should just accept your shittiness. No, no, I don't, that I don't believe in. Like you said, you'll just wind up single, <laughs> you know? So that's why, you know, you and I've said this from the beginning, ever since you, we've been doing this podcast together, we say it almost every time we get together. It's an, it's so important for self-development. Yes. For personal development. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you I gotta think that's, do it. I think that's part B of the biggest killer of a healthy relationship or any relationship is someone who is unwilling to, to grow. Yeah. 
someone who's unwilling to expand who, you know, or even just be open to different ideas and which to me is growth and expansion. Yeah. It's just, you know, you're expanding your knowledge or your experience in life. And when one person is unwilling to move from that spot, and quite frankly, that is part of the reason that I couldn't stay with my ex-husband was I saw, I was able to see our lives 20 years from, we had been married 20 years and I it was like, I saw it 20 years from there. And where we were at, at that point, we were headed in different directions. And what he wanted out of life and what I wanted out of life were two different things. Right. Now, we never had those conversations, but I saw it, you know, and, you know, my bad for not bringing it up and has having the conversations at that point in my life, I was still heavily, um, I was very anxious and very, and just embedded in fear you know, just that side effects of the religious upbringing that I had and, and live, you know, growing up in a fear-based um, religion and all sure. of that. So I was still dealing with that. And my, when I had an, when I had the opening to get out, I took it yeah. and it, it wasn't probably, I mean, I would do it differently now, yeah. um, but it is what it is. Yeah. And I'm a firm believer in gratitude for, for the choices that I've made. And, you know, I have respect and love for my ex-husband for who he is. I, I accept who he is. And, um, you know, and you I, have kids together. We right? do. Yeah. yeah. And they're amazing kids. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're great kids. So, you know, I, but I guess I'm kind of, I'm squirreling it right now. Yeah. I'm Timmy squirreling, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just, you know, I, I completely lost my train of thought, but, um, yeah. being authentic, I knew I had to be, and I knew I had to be true to myself Yeah, and that wasn't the same direction that he was going. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's been my journey for the last 13 years is in and out of relationships. And I, and I've had some long-term relationships. I've had some shorter relationships and all along I have learned something new about myself. I've learned new things about what it is that matters to me. And the things that don't matter and yeah. what's important and what's not important. And that has been the biggest journey. Yeah. And it, it doesn't happen overnight for everyone. It doesn't happen in the first year, the you know, first few years for everyone. Some people are, you know, don't have a lot of, I mean, we all have experiences and if you want to call it baggage, that's fine. But um, having, I feel like the religious heavyweight <laughs> that yeah. I, that I was still shedding, um, really, uh, held me back from seeing a lot of the things that I see now. Yeah. And I, I mean, I continue to grow, but it, anyway, it's just, we've said it before. I believe a hundred percent that when, especially if you've been married to someone for a, any length of time, when you go through a divorce, you need to take time to, to get to know yourself, your authentic self. Yeah. When you rush into a relationship, you're focused on that relationship. You're no longer focused on yourself Yeah. because you just want something better than what you had, or you think, yeah. you know, you think you're getting something better than you had versus stepping back and saying, okay, yeah, this is what I've experienced. It didn't work for me. What do I want? 
and how can I grow to make the next relationship better? Yeah. Yeah. And I will, I will, you know, I I was thinking about this when we were doing this podcast and I think I put it in the, on Facebook, I made a note of this. I said that, you know, for those that listen to the podcast, if you're married, you, you can still do this. Like you you can better yourself and, and grow as an individual within the context of a relationship. And that's the part, uh, uh, again, I've mentioned this before, but I do a lot of weddings and they do the unity candle and, you know, they'll light that center candle, you know, that mothers light each mm-hmm. of the kids candles and they, they light the center candle. And I always say, you know, as a symbol, like don't blow out your individual candles. Like you still individually exist. Yes. And now you've created a relationship, which is the center candle. And I think it's an important symbolism that, you as an individual still exist within the relationship. Mm -hmm. And that means that you still need to, to care for the the individual. And, and I like what Lewis said about that when he talked about how uh, somewhere else in that, in that podcast, he talks about the importance of, you know, spending time with yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, that sometimes when you're in a relationship, you spend every waking moment with someone and, and I get it, you know, I, you, when you like someone, you want to talk to them all the time, which that's, it's, there's nothing, you know, with text that does make it quite easy, but it's okay to, to say, Hey, tonight I'm going to, I'm going to stay and, and just stay home and, and read and watch a movie and, and, and not feel obligated because I'm talking to someone or I'm seeing someone like you can still have your individuality, yes. you know, you can still have your your own life per se. Um, and even in the case of, you know, the ideal, um, where, you know, if you do work together, you know, I know in, in, in my marriage, you know, we, we did work together a lot. And so we were together kind of 24 seven or whatever, and that worked, it was fine, you know? Um, but there was also room for, for us to be separate too. And, and what I value now more than ever is, how much I really enjoy my time, you know, with myself and being able to do the things that I love. And, um, I just think that, I think that sometimes we, it's, there's just this weird obligation of I'm in a relationship with someone. So I need to sacrifice for them all the time. And, uh, you know, and there, there is a balance there. I mean, that's part of what a relationship is, you know, partially it's, we, we give up a little bit of ourselves to accommodate them and they do the same. And that's a part of the mixture, right? You don't always get to go to the restaurant that you want to go to. I mean, that's clearly a, a part of what a relationship is made up of. Um, but you know, you don't, you don't want to completely give up your identity and give up your, the things that you love, you know, when people like, the, I think it's the notebook. I think it's the notebook. You know, she was with, with the the other guy that she wasn't supposed to be with, I guess. And the other guy that she really was crazy about, I can't even think of the character's names, but, uh, he I'm not said, gonna be any help. Yeah. I'm terrible with that. <laughs> You've seen the movie though. I have, okay. Yes. So, you know, the younger guy mm-hmm. looks at her and says, do you still paint? Mm-hmm. You know, and she didn't, she wasn't painting anymore. And that's such a simple question. But like, when I hear that, you know, are you, are you still painting? You know, and that's something that she had given up 
for this other life. And so she was, and the guy was a good guy. Like the guy was clearly a great guy, actually, which is, I thought that was very specific that they put that in the movie mm-hmm. that that guy was a great guy. He was a moral guy. He was a caring guy. He was romantic, like all those things, but it wasn't the magic guy. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is so fascinating is she probably could have had a, probably a fine marriage with that guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it probably could have been pretty great, but it wasn't the other guy. You know what I mean? It wasn't that. And I don't know. I mean, it is a fucking movie. It is. But, you know, we've, we've talked about um, the book, How Not to Die Alone. And in there, you know, it's she asked the question, does that person bring out the best in you? Like, what is that part of you that your partner brings out in you? And for in that situation, he he wanted her to be herself. He wanted her to paint because she was so amazing at it. Yeah. And that was the piece that she needed and wanted in a relationship was someone who was going to let her be her pull that. Yeah. yeah. And, and let her be her, but also kind of pull that out of her and, you know, and say, what are you doing? Like to, you know, yeah. question that, like, are you being your authentic self? Yeah. That was a great movie. I need to watch that movie again. <laughs> so I'm just thinking about that movie whenever uh, she sees the house and he's like, mm-hmm. I told you I was going to build it for you. You yeah. know, I was like, oh my God, dude, that's a good line. <laughs> I mean, I know this is a fucking movie, right? but that's fucking hot. Yeah. Like that was, that was cool. And you know, I think that, that, that I think that even those that, I mean, before I got married, I really didn't know myself. So, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't necessarily lose myself. Like my marriage that I, that wasn't where I lost myself per se. I just never, I guess, took the time to really focus. Like who the fuck am I? You know what I mean? Cause I was, it was so, you know, I was going to be, I was going to go to Bible school. I was going to be a pastor and I was going to be a religious leader. And I was going to be like, you know, and I, I, you know, and I decided I wanted those things too. But I don't think that's, at least now I don't think that that was necessarily, it was someone else's dream that I then took to be my dream. And it was good. I enjoyed it. It was great. I, you know, like I have no regrets. Right. Uh, That's definitely not what I want now, you know. And you did that as a 20 something. Right. When you're still maturing and you're still, you know, figuring out who you are. And I mean that we make so many huge life, big life decisions when we really shouldn't be, Yeah, you know? And, um, but I also think I look back at when I was in high school, you and I, you know, we grew up in the era, we didn't have cell phones. We, you know, so if we were dating someone, it was, you passed them a note, you wrote them a letter, you called them on the phone. It might be busy. It might be a party line. It might, you know, there were, there were obstacles. And yet when you dated someone, there was a certain level of, I can still be me. You can still do your thing. I'll do my thing because there wasn't that there wasn't social media to, to watch. And there wasn't, you know, all those things that we have now. And I feel like, especially at our age and, and this is, maybe this is just my, my thought process, but there's a, it takes time to build that 
familiarity with someone to where you're comfortable and that it's it's you don't question what that person wants to do and yeah. and as a as a child in in dating someone me I was 20 when I got married you know we were growing up together and there came a time when we started you know meeting other couples and making friends and it and it naturally occurred that I would make friends with the women and we would go do things together and I would experiment and explore the things that I enjoyed doing the crafts or whatever it was. But we, we grew up together in that way. We found those things along the way. Well, at 50 something, you know, I've found a lot of those things I like. So now it's a shift of accepting the fact that the partner that I find or that I'm going to be with, they already have those things established. And so do I. Right. So I can hear everybody listening to us going, that's, that's awesome guys. I should be my authentic self. How the fuck do I do that? <laughs> we don't know. I don't know. It's just willy nilly. <laughs> Take a wild stab at it. You know, if I'm honest, <laughs> this is, the, the, this really isn't the whiskey speaking here, but genuinely, um, part of what really helped me begin to really kind of loosen up and open up myself was smoking a little weed. <laughs> they rocket honestly, like, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure you've heard this a lot, you know, people doing psychedelics to help mm-hmm. them with depression and mm-hmm. help them with PTSD. So, so I say it, you know, and, and I'm sure people are like, Oh brother, but no, there's actually some scientific, you know, value there that, that, that kind of stuff can help you dig into the deeper side, you know, yeah, it taps even, into a part of the brain that we're not protect that doesn't protect us. Yeah. 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 So, you know, but if you're against that stuff, then obviously don't do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're but, not, yeah, we're not, we're not condoning promote, it. Yeah. <laughs> we're not condoning it and saying to do it. Um, but I know for me, like that, that was part of my journey. It was part of my journey, um, in, in self-discovery. Um, I've not done any, uh, psychedelic trips as of this moment. Um, they're not out of the question for me. I'm a little, little nervous, a little hesitant about it just because, just because it's the unknown. You know, I've never, I've never tripped before ever. Um, but I plan on doing some kind of a psilocybin or mushroom, you know, experience. Um, I've heard so many great things about it and not from a part. So just real quick, those are listening. I don't smoke weed as a party. I don't, I'm not ever going to do mushrooms for party purposes. I'm not going to Coachella, uh, whatever, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Totally nothing wrong with that at all. So please don't misread what I just said. I would love to go to Coachella, but, um, so for me, it's not about partying. It's a, it's just, it'd be some kind of deeper inner work, you know, for me. Uh, but outside of that, so that aside, I don't know when I really think about what led to all of my changes and I'm still evolving and still, so I don't, I don't feel like I've now arrived. I'm so (laughs) awesome. Like, I don't like, that's not, I'm not talking from a place of I'm elevated. I want all you to come up here with me. Like, that's not how I feel. Um, or how I think, you know, it's just a part of my particular journey. You know, there might be, maybe everybody's ahead of me and I'm just, growing for myself. You know, I don't compare myself to others. I compare myself to myself, right? So from where I was to where I am, there has been lots of growth, but there are people that 
are already way beyond where I'm at. You know, I'm sure like if, if, if I've had a chance to talk to him. Um, so I think outside of psilocybin ayahuasca or doing some kind of a, uh, inner work that way, therapy has, has been a very helpful tool for me, you know, reading, listening to podcasts, but here's specifically something that's really helped me to expand my mind is to consume things or messages or thoughts that are contrary to where I'm at. Oh, really? Meaning, That's interesting. rather than watch it, I'm going to use a general term here just because everybody will understand this. Rather than just watching or getting my news exclusively from Fox, I watch CNN, MSNBC. Uh, other, like, I don't just, like, people that only get their news from Fox, I can pick those fuckers out a mile away. <laughs> you know what I mean? And vice versa. Those right. that listen to only CNN. Yeah. I can be in a crowd of people and hear people talk and go, that motherfucker gets all his information from CNN, mm -hmm. you know, or that motherfucker is Fox all the way. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I can just pinpoint them because I'm like, that's what you, but for me personally, an interesting person is when I don't know when I'm looking at them going, what, what, what are they? They don't listen to exclusive CNN. They don't listen to exclusive Fox. Like, I don't know what the fuck, like this person's interesting. That's what's interesting to me. So I'm not looking for, I want to hang out with people that voted for Trump or I want to hang out with people that voted for Biden. No, I want to be around people that voted for both. You know what I'm saying? Like I do not, yeah, yeah. I am like, I'm very, as you can tell, I'm get like, I'm very passionate about that to be a well-versed person. If you think that Fox is 100% the truth and rightly correct in every area, you're a fucking moron. No. I'm oh, yeah. sorry, I'm, but you're you're a fucking moron. And it's the same with CNN. If you only watch CNN and you think CNN is giving you the 100% gospel truth, you're a fucking moron. That's not true. And you should expand your mind and open yourself up to other thoughts and ideas. I think that's key is just being open to learning. Yeah. Doesn't mean you have to agree with everything. A hundred percent. Yeah. But good. just be open. Don't be so closed-minded that you can't, you know, listen to someone else's opinion about something, or even share your own opinion. You know, that's that's been the biggest thing for me is just, you know, I, I read a lot. Like when I first got divorced, I immediately dove into therapy, and then I did started doing reading, and I started doing. I actually had a therapist who did um, energy work. And oh, cool. didn't even realize that's what it was at the time. It was called integration therapy. And it was de basically dealing with um, childhood trauma, basically. I mean, that's, you know, things that were stuck in my body, you know, in different yeah. places in my body because I had never dealt with them. And um, so, yeah, I agree. If you find a good therapist, you know, I mean, it, it, it's very helpful yeah. reading books, you know, finding good authors and, um you know, listening to podcasts now, but I mean, even doing a podcast like this, doing this podcast to me has been so good for me. That's like awesome. it has been so helpful just to be able to, to talk to you now on a weekly basis and learn from a man what, you know, what your experience is of women and, and yeah. how you think about things. And 
basically we're very similar and not just, I'm not talking about you and myself. I'm talking about just men and women. Yeah. We want the same thing. Yes. We, you know, but just being open and reading things outside, outside the box, outside of your understanding, you know, I'm, I'm a hundred percent on board with don't put anyone, anything in a box. Yeah. Open it up. Just free your mind. Yes, exactly. Free your mind. <laughs> and I've not done like I've never done drugs. Like I've well, I've tried. I've tried to smoke marijuana, <laughs> like not very successfully. <laughs> so, I'll hook you like, up, girl. <laughs> I just, yeah, and I have, I have. My, I mean, my kids are always like, "Come on, mom, you know, smoke a little with us, <laughs> or do gummy or something." Yeah. And I'm just like, "We'll find time to do that." And then one night, and I mean. One night we were, I think it was around Christmas. I opened up a bottle of wine and we were, you know, my daughter-in-law and I were drinking the wine and everything. And they were like, well, why don't we do gummy? I'm like, should I mix the two the first time I do this? Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> and they're like, Probably not. So yeah, that didn't happen. But, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah so. my, my first experience with, uh, marijuana was, um, <laughs> this is a true story. I don't know if I've ever told this on the podcast. So my first time, it was, I don't even know how many years ago now, several years ago. And I went to Colorado to visit my daughter. She lived there and uh, my son and I actually drove up there. In fact, yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. I don't know the exact details, a little vague to me now. It was several years ago. I was in Colorado with my son to see my daughter. And I was like, you know what? If I'm going to do this, I want to do this legit. I want to do it legally and legitimately and all that. I'm like, I'm in Colorado. It's legal. I can go into a dispensary, show my ID, buy it legally, smoke it legally, and it's all fine. So I walked into this dispensary and I gave her my ID. She said, you know, they buzzed me in. I went into the, the, the main dispensary part, which is like a, like a CVS. <laughs> it's like weird. Anyway, I went in there and I said, and the, the bud tender, that's what they're called. The bud tender said, how can I help you? I said, well, I haven't smoked weed since high school. I said, so it's been a long time. I said, but I remember it made me paranoid. And I said, so I don't want to be paranoid. And, and that's when he educated me and said, <laughs> well, there's different strains. You know, there's sativa, uh, which is more uppity and focus. There's indica, which is the way to remember it is into the couch. It's indica. It chills you out. It relaxes you. It subdues you. And then there's hybrid, which is both both indica oh, and sativa. Okay. And I said, yeah, I said, let's do, let's do indica. I said, if, and he said, yeah, indica is used for anxiety for all that. So he said it, it, you know, as long as you get the dosing right and all that, and they just, you know, educated me. It was really fascinating. I swear to God, this is the true story. So at the time I was very religious, but obviously not so religious that I wouldn't smoke right. weed, but, but I was, there was a know, gap there. I mean, I was a pastor. I was a right. pastor at the oh, time. Wow. I'm impressed. Yeah. Like I really am yeah. impressed. Like, I was not, a pretty open-minded dude. If, if the pastors I grew up with were doing that, no one knew yeah. like that. It, you would be, Oh, you'd hmm, be surprised what they're doing. <laughs> I know. I know. I found yeah. out a lot of things about Christian Bible college after the fact, things that were happening. And I was, I was just like, what? Yeah. Like they did that. Yeah, Honestly, no. all the things that happen on on a, any normal college campus yes. is happening at a Bible college, college, oh, yeah. college campus, just secretive. Right. Yeah. Yep. It's all the same. Yep. So anyway, so the bud tender said, uh, I think I got just the thing for you. Now, granted, 
I'm in Colorado. This dude does not know me, right? Like this is, they don't know me. I didn't say anything about anything, right? He reaches up, grabs this big jar of flour of bud, sets it down in front of me, turns it around. And the name of this marijuana was Jesus. OG. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm not making this up. And I just looked at him. I said, I'll take an ounce of that right there. You have no idea. This is a sign from God. Give me that weed. And I bought an ounce of Jesus OG. Jesus of God. Uh, is that what the OG no, stands for? No, but that's a <laughs> OG. You know, I don't even know what OG stands for. Um, you know what? Let's let's just look this up real quick because I think this is funny. What I'm going to type. What does the OG mean in uh, weed? <laughs> Original <Organic>. gangster. <laughs> oh my! I'm just now That's learning so this. Awesome. Jesus, the original gangster. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that is fucking better than I ever would have hoped oh, or imagined. I didn't. I never knew this. Like literally, I'm just now. Yeah. I didn't know what OG stand. I, I didn't even think of it. I just like Jesus OG. That's what it is. Jesus original gangster because they get like Kush OG. There's a bunch of different OG. OG's like that is crazy to me. That is actually really cool. That is so fucking cool. So I'm gonna prove to you that this is real. Jesus, this is crazy. Jesus OG. Jesus OG. Yep, we train. Right See up. right there yeah, it is. Yeah. Jesus OG, it's a it's a real <laughs> it's a real <laughs> it's deal. a real thing. Oh wow, my that's gosh. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh. So yeah, Jesus OG, also known as Jesus Christ OG, OG Kush. It's an indica marijuana strain. It's a mixture of a couple hell. Anyway, it's a mixture. Anyway, great. It was awesome. Yeah. I love the effect of it. I enjoyed it. And I've not found it since. Um, I haven't been out to Colorado in a while. I need to get out there. But anyway, so um, I don't know why I said all that, but. Well, yeah, we kind of took a left turn, but not really. And we we're talking about how to, <laughs> how to find your authentic self. <laughs> yeah. So that so, was the beginning for me is yeah. that, you know, I, I've never been a real big drinker, you know, I mean, obviously I drink a little whiskey here and there. I love whiskey and, and I've got, you know, since my birthday and everybody mm -hmm. brought me liquor and brought me a bunch of cool stuff. Um, you know, it's been fun mixing some different drinks and having all that kind of stuff, but I'm not like, I don't, I don't. I don't like being drunk. Like drunk's not my thing. A little tipsy's fine, but I prefer smoking weed. And it just, here's what weed does. And I, and I didn't plan on saying all this, but it, how, so those that are so anti weed, let me just say, chill the fuck out. Like literally you should chill the fuck out. Um, weed for me when I smoke it, I, I know it affects everybody differently. Some people can't do it because they get sick from it. I mean, you know, like some people can't drink too. I mean, it's like there's, you got to find out what's good for your own body. So for me, weed subdues my ego. Mm. It 100% subdues my, it, it humbles me. Okay. And I don't know why I've looked it up. It is a thing. It, it's, it is part of the, a, a, an experience that a lot of people get from weed is that it does subdue the ego and allows yourself to, to be more authentic 
and, and not so concerned what other people think of you and all that stuff. And before I knew that it did that, I was just trying to, you know, when I'd get high, I'd be like, wow, I seem more empathetic. I seem more calm. I seem more, and I'm fairly calm and empathetic anyway, but it just really like, almost like, like, like a better version of me, like really like the, the bad things it subdued and the good things it increased, like my empathy went up, Mm -hmm. my, my ego, my pride went down. It was a very, that's why I really, when I say I like weed, I mean, I really do. I really, really enjoy it. Now I never use it when I go out in public. Like I'm just a little bit, I like to be my authentic self. (laughs) And so I only use it where if I'm writing, uh, sometimes when I'm podcasting, I, I didn't do it tonight, but sometimes when I'm podcasting or writing or sometimes reading, because I really want to subdue my ego and, and, and take in the information that I'm, I'm reading. So you're, so, are you, um, defining ego as those, um, thoughts that prevent you from just being Timmy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like caring about not being, you know, having abs or, or caring about what other people think, or I would say judging that, other people. Yes. Oh God. When I'm hiding, I, I don't care. I can't judge. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just not, it's not in my demeanor. It's yeah. the weirdest. I really, it's hard to express it. Like you think really, no, I can't express it except when I smoke weed, everybody's beautiful to me. You're accepting. I'm very accepting, very open. Here's what's different about weed compared to alcohol. If I was to drink enough alcohol, I would want to do crazy shit. Hmm. You know, not, not like illegal shit, not like that crazy, but just mean like my morals go down. Like it makes me interesting. It, it, yeah, I would, it's just not, it's not, um, too much alcohol would get me in trouble weed just makes me want to sit and cuddle and watch a movie. Yeah, like it, yeah. it's a totally different kind of response. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Like I always say, if I was drinking at a bar and I drank too much, I'd get up on the bar naked and dance <laughs> on weed. I would not, I'd want right. to have an in-depth conversation and find out about how you're feeling and how's life. So it's for less you. on weed. It's less, I say on, I mean, it's not like you're right, right. doing hard drugs, but you're less about Timmy and more about, you, the people around you and yeah. your surroundings. And, yeah. yeah. And I will say this, everybody, whatever. nothing is better than being high and having sex. <laughs> Somehow I knew you were going there. Oh my gosh. It, <laughs> so for men, so I know women, so women experience orgasm, at least what I, when I watch the Ted talk about orgasm for women, I'm very fascinated with women's orgasms. Um, for a man, an orgasm it like men can't well we can multiple not multiple at least i can't i can't multiple like in a row i can't like orgasm and then if you, you keep going and orgasm again or right. yeah. i can't know and it's not a full body orgasm except when i'm high when i'm high literally the orgasm is from the top of my head to the soles of my feet it is a full body orgasm when i'm not high it's still awesome as fuck an orgasm. There's nothing better than orgasm, but it's just, it's an orgasm and it feels mm-hmm. fucking delightful. It's awesome. <laughs> but when you're high uh, and it's like my skin, even 
um, getting high and getting a massage oh, is yeah. the best thing, you could, especially edible. Edible's more of a body high. So I'd like pop in an edible in about an hour before I'd get a massage, like just a normal, like no happy ending, just like a normal <laughs> massage, like about an hour before. And even my massage therapist said that to me. She said, you know what? Pop it. Cause she smokes weed. She's like, pop an edible about an hour before you get here for your massage. She goes, it, you, you won't even believe it. And I did it one time wow. and I was like, oh my God, like your skin, like yeah. it's just so sensitive. It's crazy. It's, I, I just don't, it's just absolutely crazy. Have you ever had a massage and like suddenly had some uh, memory that just like sends you to a, like either a really happy place or a really sad place. And you're like, where did that come oh, from? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I re I do remember having a massage one time and, and I was aware of it when it happened because I suddenly I was sad and I wanted to cry. And she was like in the middle of my back, like right around my shoulder blades. And I was like, I just, I, I was like, why now? Like, why at this moment am I feeling this? <laughs> sad? I have, I've had, yeah, I've fallen asleep. Oh. I probably should admit this. I won't admit it on the podcast. <laughs> Tell me later. <laughs> <laughs> I've had all kinds of mas massages, Pammy. <laughs> all kinds of massages. <laughs> oh my God. So, yeah. So any, what we're saying is being open. Yeah. Being open to other ideas and things. And, and that's how you learn about what means the most to you and who you are and your authentic self. And I mean, fortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, some people, some people have known it since they were a child and they're, they had great yeah, parents who allowed them to express themselves, you know, and didn't have all of the barriers and boundaries that you and I grew up with, with religion and, um, they're, they're blessed. I yeah. mean, they really are. And then there's, you know, there's folks like us and the majority of yeah. adults, I think who have to work at it to find, yeah. to find that. And, um, but I always find those people fascinating that cause I, cause you're right. I'm glad you bring that up. Not everybody has the same experience. You know, mm -hmm. some, some people have always been free to be themselves Yes, and kudos to them that what a wonderful gift that you've been given and to not have been put into a box or told to conform yes. or told to stop dancing. That's like, you can't make, you know, stop trying to paint. You can't make a living at that. Go get a job and da, 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 and go to college and da, 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 da. Not that there's nothing wrong with college. There's nothing wrong with anything per se, but if that's not your authentic self, you. it isn't, yeah. it isn't good. Yeah. You know, it, it, if you're living your authentic self, and you're working, whatever, I don't care, whatever you're, I don't even want to name something to offend anybody. Like no matter what you're doing, if that's your authentic self, great. Yeah. But if it's not your authentic self, fuck that shit and go <laughs> do what you want to do. Yeah. You know, now, I mean, to be use wisdom, you know, don't just fucking quit your job and run off and do right. something like, you know, I mean, and also be realistic. I think realist realism is a very important thing. You know, like for me, if I was like, I'm going to be an astronaut, <laughs> well, that, like, or I'm going to be a basketball star, like, like, yeah. no, that's not going to happen. So I, I think that, that there's, you've got to be realistic, you know, you've got to be realistic. You got to look at But your, at the same time, allow yourself to dream, allow yourself to. And at least have it as a hobby. Yes. You know, if, yeah. if you've always wanted to be a basketball player, then fucking go play. Join, yeah. Go, jo go play. join an intramural, yeah. intramural league. Yeah. Like go sign up and do it. Like yeah. I, 
and yeah, I, I, I have, I, this was sad to me. I met this guy was chatting with him and we somehow we got to talk about motorcycles, how much he loved motorcycles, which I just assumed he rode, you know, he's like, no, my wife didn't want me to have one. And I was like, really? And you know, I didn't say anything, you know, I was like, why? And she goes, no, oh, she just doesn't like them, you know, whatever. And, but he loved them. And so I was, you know, showing him a picture of my bike and all that stuff. And I, and you know, maybe I'm making a judgment here, but I was like, man, that's sad. Cause he really liked, like he rode it. He rode when he was younger, but she made him sell it, you know? And I was just like, Oh man, I just don't know what I think about that. It'd be one thing if he wanted to sell it too. Cause you know, if you have kids, I know what I, when we had back when I was married, you know, when we had kids, I sold my bike and you know, we're doing that, mm -hmm. but that was my choice. You know, that was my choice. I decided to do it. And so for him, it was just like, he's missing out on a part of a joy because he's conforming to someone else's wishes. Mm -hmm. um, now, you know, I don't know the whole story. Maybe she lost someone to him. Like I get it. And there could be a legitimate reason. And maybe I'm being an asshole here, but it's that concept. It's that mm -hmm. whole idea of doing what someone else wants you to do and losing yourself in the process. Right. Um, well, and that's the perspective we're, we're coming from. You're not in a relationship with someone. You're out there in the dating world. This is the time to discover. Yes, yes. This is a time to discover. And this is a time to choose someone who accepts you fully, which is, I mean, what's well, what Lewis said. He said, you know, yeah. my speaking engagements yes. and this and yep. that. In other words, this is who I am. Yes. You know, I'm, I'm a guy that rides motorcycles. Mm -hmm. This is who I am, yes. you know? Um, and either we can do it together, which would be ideal. That's the ideal is that we ride together. I guess the second tier is you're at least okay with me okay with riding it, yeah. with my you know friends yeah. and, and still living that part of my life. I, I, you know, pay me, maybe it's our age or my age. I can't speak for you, but the older I've gotten, the more. I am, I refuse to compromise. Like mm -hmm. I am going to be me end of discussion. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. that's it. Like yeah. I'm going to be me and because I'm life is fucking short. Yeah. It's just short. You know, mm -hmm. when I see people that want to live a life, they want to travel and yet they don't, they don't. Yeah. And I'm like, one day you're going to fucking die. And guess what? You can't travel when you're dead. <laughs> yeah. Like that's it. You've missed out mm -hmm. on the one and only life that we get. Now, who knows what the fuck happens after this? I don't know. No one knows. If someone tells you they do know they're a liar because they don't. No one knows. But what we do know is we got this right now. We got this. That's one. it. Yep. That's it. So I'm a big proponent in living your best life treating people the best that you can possibly treat people always, mm -hmm. even if they like, I don't care what they do to you always be kind, be kind always. And, you know, cause I do believe in the, the idea of karma, you know, I believe in it in a magical way, but I do believe in it in a sense of treat people well and life will treat you well. You know, not, not always, of course you can be a good person and have something shitty happen to you, but that's called life. But I think for the most part, I really believe in that principle of, you know, 
Treat. Doing, unto, doing unto others as you would, yeah. Yeah. Treat other people how you want to be treated. Yeah, you know, remember the goal. So the golden rule is do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Right. I heard someone say this, and I agree with this. And I've always said this, but I heard someone say this and put a label on it. I've literally been saying it for years. Because I had this epiphany. I thought, wait, do unto others as I would have people do to me. I'm like, well, what if they like something different done to them and they wouldn't like what I have done to me? Right. I literally, I had this thought and I heard this speaker at a Ted talk say, uh, she called it the platinum rule. So there's the golden rule do unto others. You'd have them do unto you. The platinum rule is do unto others as they would have you do unto them. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I've been fucking saying forever, but I didn't put a cool label on it like platinum. <laughs> You'd have been a millionaire. I know. I was like, dang it. <laughs> but I, but I always, you know, when I heard the golden rule, I was like, yeah, but what if people, people like, you know, like, you know, some people like it rough, some people like it, whatever. Like, and it's not just about sex. No, I mean, no. the doing and others, that's not just but about sex. That's a good sex, thing to talk about. Though. It is a good thing to talk about. <laughs> like, listen, here's what I want to have done to me. So this yes. is what I'm going to do to you. you I don't care what that, you like. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to do what I want to do. <laughs> but you, you know what I mean? You think yeah. about it in that, those terms and it makes more sense. You go, oh my God, that actually yeah. makes sense. Like, no, what do you want me to do to you? Right. That's what really matters. Well, and if you think about it, so many of us don't even know what we want. I mean, no, that, that's don't. the whole, like, that's yeah. the whole thing that we're talking about is like, understanding and knowing what you want because you don't want someone treating you a certain way that and then you don't want that you don't know yeah. you know i mean it's just yeah there's i we was could, we could do a whole podcast on that i think and i think you know you're right i don't think sometimes we even know what we like until it happens to us and we're like ooh, i don't know what that was but i liked that <laughs> so there's that but i i had a situation the other day i was riding with someone and we were on a like a decent little trip like a 30 minute car ride or whatever this person just sat there and we joked and laughed and played music and just had a blast. And never once did she, you know, correct my driving. Never once did she Mm -hmm. tell me where to go. Never once did she freak out because I was weaving in and out of traffic. Cause I drive a little bit aggressive when I drive. Mm -hmm. She was so chill, so calm. So like, and it was so refreshing. To not be barked at, you know, talked to, not trusted and all this stuff. It's like, she just, she trusted me behind the wheel, Mm -hmm. you know? And it was such a refreshing thing. And, and it's funny, like going back to what you said about, we don't even know what we like sometimes. By the time we showed up at the location, I looked over at her and I said, thank you for just being a fucking solid passenger, just sitting there while I Drive, I'll get us there for fuck's sakes. <laughs> anyway, so you know, it's it's sometimes it's those little things. You don't, you know, you're right. You don't, you don't know it, what you want, and, and you know, until you're in the middle of it, and you kind of go, oh, yeah, well, I like that, or I don't like that, right. or well, and that's what dating is about. Mm-hmm. And I and I think too often we get caught in this. You know, I I'm dating to find my my forever person instead of just getting out there and say I'm dating. Yeah. And date a lot of people so that I can find out what I what it is that I want. How do you know what you want unless you've experienced what you don't want and some right. of what you want? You know. Well, I think that's the best thing ever, right? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've I've dated around over the last three years, and and yeah, I know I know what I want. Like you know, I'm 
and it's a lot about a feeling. So that's, that's, this might be another topic for the next week. Maybe I can say a few things about it because I've listened to so many relationship stuff this week. I've been just inundating myself with um, love and affection, attachment styles and all mm -hmm. the different, you know, serotonin and dopamine and all the different things that, that are part of love that, that there is a lot of that stuff that's like in the wiring of our brain, you know, that, that some people smell good to us, like their, their smell, their scent. Some people don't, yeah. but that doesn't mean that everybody would feel the same. In other words, I might like your smell, but someone else won't. Right. And, and I've experienced that. I've experienced where I'm like, I just don't like their scent. And I'm not talking about their perfume. It's just something about their odor is not mm -hmm. appealing to me. And I, I, and it's, you know, and sometimes I felt bad, like what the fuck is wrong with me? But then, you know, all the stuff I've been listening to this week. No, it's, it, you're, it's hardwired into you. It, and, and, and it's almost like, um, you can't, um, how can, how did this one woman word it? She's a, she's a scientist. And she was basically saying that you can't help, but like certain people, Yes, you know, like, that's why you're attracted to certain yes. people. Yeah, there's certain things that are going to attract you. Like she said, how could you go to uh, an event with, you know, hundreds of people and there's one mm -hmm. that you really end up, you know, mm -hmm. lots of other beautiful people, lots of other whatever, but there was the one, you know, that somehow captured your attention and there was whatever. So and that's the part that, and then, then I, I think that the, the the reason I think it's so important to work on yourself and deliver your authentic self is when you are your authentic self, you'll have a better chance at identifying someone that would be a good fit to you. Whereas if I'm unhealthy and I don't know myself, I'm going to make more mistakes. Yes. And is that making sense? It is. Yes. And I could, I like could visualize this, um, in the idea of walking into a room and seeing one person that is more attractive to, to myself than everyone else in the room. And a lot of times that's because of the emotional state that I'm entering the room in. So if I'm entering the room in a Let's just say um, I'm a sad. I'm sad because I just broke up with someone, and I'm going to a singles event. Not a good idea, by yeah, the way. Right. <laughs> to go to a singles event in a sad state, but let's just say I do that, and the one person that I'm attracted to in the room is also in a sad state because that's the energy that I'm putting out. That's the energy that I'm going to get back. Yeah. So. Yes, it is absolutely important and vital that you know where you are, that you cultivate that emotional, you know, love-based states, work with the traumas that you've had in, in your life, you know, and, and nurture your authentic self Yeah, because our authentic self is love and peace yeah. and joy. Yeah. That's the authentic self. And if we cultivate those things, when we enter any space, that's what we're going to get back. Yeah. And it not even, not just in a romantic, you know, relationship, but just our friendships, we're going to attract people into our life that also hold that, that same state. And those are the people that we are going to connect with. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, we'll connect with the other people too, if sure. that's what we bring, but it, that's why it's so important to know, to, to cultivate that authentic self and become that person that you want to find. Yeah. Yeah. I've often said that it, when you're in a good place, you make good decisions. When you're in a bad place, you make bad decisions. And that's a simple, very simplified way of, of explaining or expressing just how important it is to make sure that you are in a, you know, I don't like the good and bad right. thing, but just that you're in a, you're in a healthy state, you know, and you're in a good place so that you can, cause when you're in a good place, you'll recognize behaviors that are like, Nope. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, but when you're desperate or needy or lonely oh, or you're gonna bring, mad bring, or you're going to bring that home. Oh, oh <laughs> literally you're going to bring that home, bring that home. And that's the thing. That's why, you know, we're all, we all have, we're all on a journey, you know, no one, no one has reached ultimate enlightenment, you know, uh, no one, <laughs> I, some people maybe farther along than others. I don't know, but we're all on a journey. But while on that journey, I do believe that we can, though we've not, you know, what the, what's that phrase? Uh, it's not about the destination, it's the journey. Mm -hmm. So to me, on, on the journey, along the way, if I'm in a healthier state, uh, the journey is much better than it would be if I, you know, and jaded and bitter and hateful and you know like no work through all that shit you know that that one of the biggest things that i discovered when i started dating is and there's a lot of wonderful people out there that are well adjusted and super great okay so that's that's definitely true but i felt like i met a lot of just super jaded bitter people they're just mad at life, mad at the government, mad at their ex, unhappy, hate their jobs. And I was just like, I, I don't resonate with that at all. Like, I just don't resonate with that at all. Like you almost, that, you're almost repelled by it. It, it is very repelling to me. And it's not because you know, I'm sitting in my ivory tower and I make a bunch of money and whatever. It's, no, that's it not been, it guys. It's not no, even a I'm a regular thought. motherfucker. Yeah. And I don't, yeah. Like, it, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's my perspective. It's my, my view on life. And, you know, there was some article that just came out recently, you know, Kansas city was the worst, um, the worst city to be single. I, you know, and, and I I'm like, that's not <laughs> called bullshit. No, it's not. That's just bullshit. In my opinion. Now, yes. Are there other cities that might be more conducive to, well, possibly, Right. I mean, hello, Florida, the beach that, that <laughs> there's a difference there compared well, the to size here. of the city. Well, yeah, yeah there's, so, there's many so many factors. factors, but to say that Kansas city sucks for dating. Um, I don't agree with, I don't, that's not been my experience. I've, I've been able to date quite a bit. <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm not saying that, you know, obviously I haven't found <laughs> well, that, sure. that one, but you know, I mean, it's a, it's a great city for dating. <laughs> yeah. I've just, I just don't. Yeah. I I'm, I'm a big per, uh, perspective, you know, yeah. it's perspective, you know, it it's, is. it's like two people that have the same, you know, work in the same company. One hates the boss. One loves the boss. It's like, what? 
has nothing to do with the boss. That's right. Exactly. Right. (laughs) Yes. So I don't know. I can't explain that. All I know is that it's in the famous words of Miley Cyrus, uh, life, life is what we make it. So let's make it rock. You You know, I mean, life is truly what we make it. Now I, I realize that there are unfortunate circumstances and things that can happen and we can lose a job and, like I, I realize all of those things are realities and I'm not saying that you can just like la 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 and everything's beautiful and you can just bury your head in the sand. Well, of course not, right? There are challenges, there are hardships, there are loss, there's grief, there's pain, there's suffering. Yes, but you can either focus on all the shit or you can focus on the good things. And living life. It's really your choice, you know. And so when it comes to, you know, living your authentic self, I guess, you know, and in, in, in thinking about the few things we can say to, to get to resource people. Um, one, reading, reading, reading is a big thing, you know. Reading, it, it, uh, exposing, that's the word, exposing yourself to uh, other thoughts of other thinking, you know. Um, being willing to have conversations with people who are different than you, mm-hmm. you know, that see life different than you. Mm-hmm. Um, some of my best conversations were with people that literally see the world almost so opposite for me, you know, that was even hard for me to even like have the conversation. Cause I was like, I just don't see a life like you at all, mm-hmm. but it, it was fascinating, you know, and I was, I tried to become curious, like, ask questions like, why do you think that? How did you think that? What makes you think that? Like, I'm so fascinated by how people come to either believe certain things or be a certain way, you know? Um, yeah, I'm just so fascinated by that. I'm so, so curious about how people have become who they are and what they are and, Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? I mean, no, yeah. it does. I think we have that in common. And yeah. yeah, I'm always, I'm always wanting to go to the deeper levels of, of who someone is and to understand who they are and how they become, you know, became the person they are today. I, I tend to see the best in people. I've, I've always been that way. And it's not something thankfully that was squashed when I was, you know, growing up in a religion that was very controlling but I always saw the best in people. And I had people all around me telling me who I should have seen, you know, but I always saw people's potential. And I still see that because I believe that we're all, you know, we're, we are all able to grow. We are all able to expand. I don't care what your economic background, you know, status is, whatever, what your background is, you can expand, you can grow, you can learn. And um, as long as you're open to that, you will. Yeah. And, and I, and I always see that in people. And I, I mean, it's tripped me up in dating because, and it's not that I want to fix people. It's I see their potential. Yeah. And I'm, su- I'm such a cheerleader for them. I'm, you know, I want that for them because I can see what life can give them if they would just choose that. That what's tripped me up is that, you know, I'll stay in a relationship because I see that in someone yeah. versus that's their role. That's their job. I, you know, I have my life and I'm going to go focus on my life. And that's where I'm at now. But in the past, it's just been like, oh my gosh, you know, I just, you know, this person is so awesome. Like there's this, 
this untapped potential in them that they don't even see. Um, but now I'm just like, great, that's untapped. Yeah. Someday I hope they find that. That's not for me right, right. now. Yeah. Trying to fix anyone, dating a project. Yeah. I mean, all no. the things they talk yeah. about, you know, it, that's, that's something that, and that's something very common. People, mm -hmm. even the people that do it know they shouldn't. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure what that is. I'm not sure why, why pe maybe it's, you know, the, un they, they see potential and think I can help this person achieve the, you know, whatever, whatever it might, even if, it, even if it comes from a good place, it's not a, it's not a good thing, you know, to, to think that, oh, if they would just do this, then, mm -hmm. you know, and, and there's always those stories, you know, there's always the exception to the rule, right? That someone that did everything wrong and ended up with right. the, the golden goose, <laughs> you know, I mean that we hear that, right. They did, they didn't advertise. They didn't even tell anybody about their business, but yet it blew up and became famous. Like, well, how the fuck does that happen? Well, that's not the norm. That's not normally how things work. Um, you know, normally when you, you know, marry the person you had the affair with 99.9% .9 of the time, right. That doesn't work. Everybody will tell you that, but you know, somehow you just happen to meet the motherfucker that, you know, did do that and it worked out. So, but that's not the norm. So I think a lot of what we're talking about, clearly there are lots of ways to, to be in a relationship and a lot of ways to show up and a lot of ways that can work. But I think there are some core principles. And I think this particular principle is at the very core of living a fulfilled, happy life. And that's, in my mind, it can only be when you are your authentic self. Mm -hmm. Like, because I can know what's that quote. It's a, it's a little quote. You know, if I'm trying to be like anybody else, then I'm second to them. Oh, but yeah. if I'm the best me, well, I am the best me. Like mm -hmm. no one else can be me. Right. And only you, me. And you're bringing your best to everyone else. Yeah, exactly. And to everything that you do. And that's what's neat is not only do we deserve that for ourselves, but those around us deserve that. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, I, I told the person that I'm talking to, I said, you, you actually make me want to be a better man. You know, like, I feel like I'm a pretty good dude already, but it's like, you make me want to be better even. And, and, and that's what I think, you know, not the saying I'm the example, but I'm just saying, I feel like that's what a relationship should be mm -hmm. is no, I want to be the best for me, of course, but in process, if I'm my best me, that's better for you too. Absolutely. You know? And it's almost like the weather that when you're in a plane, they say, you know, put the mask on yourself first before you put it on your child, you know? And that seems so contrary. Like, I want to be selfless. I want to, <laughs> but if you really think about it, you're like, no, mm -hmm. no, it is better to put, put your mask on first, right? you know, so you can save your kid and then you fucking die. <laughs> you're like, come on, yeah. get with it here. So I think it's the same thing with this. It's the same airplane, airplane analogy put the mask on yourself, mm -hmm. work on yourself, self-discovery, you know, digging deep into whatever, spending time, you know, take a retreat, spending time alone. That's something, you know, we've talked about that before. That's a, that's a big, big thing. If you're out there listening to this podcast and you're not married, you need to live alone, mm -hmm. like oh, alone, absolutely. alone, yep. like no roommates, no, yes. like just you. Yep in your place at, at least I would say what I've always told people, I told my daughter this at least for one year and she did mm -hmm. it one year, live on your own, no roommates, no nothing. Just one year, just you. 
And it's amazing. It is. I did that my 50th year. Um, and it was the best year of my life. Like, I mean, <laughs> I, I didn't date. Like I, I, I purposely, I had just gotten out of a long-term relationship and there was a lot that I needed to work through. I'd lost, my mom had passed. And then of course my dad had, had already died. So I, you know, I had a lot going on, but I was, and I was also turning 50 and I was like, you know, I'm going to make this the best year. I just decided, I'm like, this is going to be my best year ever. And it truly was the most adventurous, oh. fun, like year that I ever, that I had and that I've had so far. I mean, it's gotten better ever since, sure, you know sure, I mean? Sure. Like I continue to build on that, but living by myself was the greatest experience. And it was the first time I ever in my life lived by myself ever yeah. 50 years old. Wow. Like that's crazy. That is crazy. It's crazy. Well, but me but, too. I know, yeah, I me too. Here I am. Yeah. First time to ever live on my own. What same mm -hmm. 50. Yeah. 50 was my first I spent my 50 year, 50th yeah. year. Yeah. Alone. That, that's that's exactly what I did. And one of the things that I would encourage people to do in, in discovering who they are, and it's not just about the deep work. Yes, you have to do the deep emotional work, but also putting yourself in uncomfortable situations to know, you know, the thing that always has bothered me is when people say, well, um, I don't like, well, let's just say, I don't like tilapia. I, I mean, that's a terrible fish. I don't like crowds. Know? I don't. Yes. Put yourself in a crowd, go to a, go to a concert, put yourself on the floor, buy the ticket, you know, get in the middle of the floor, put yourself in that position to, and I'm not talking about phobias. I'm just talking about things you say you wouldn't like. If it's something to eat, if it's a place to go, if it's, I can't imagine ever doing that. If you say those words, like for me, jumping out of an airplane, I was, I have been afraid of heights my entire life. Yeah. And I had a very specific reason that I chose to do it when I did. And it was to step over a fear that I had. And I did it and I'll do it again. Like yeah. it was one of those moments in my life where I was like, if I can do this, I can do anything. Yeah. And it, and, and I told myself that and sure enough, I was like, yeah, I feel, I feel invincible. You know, I got yeah. down to the ground. <laughs> I, I survived. Once I, I got, landed and I didn't die. But you know, what's so funny about it is I went with a girlfriend and once I was committed there was no turning back for me. And even in the airplane, like we're up in the air and they're like, were you freaking out? Look, no, I wasn't. I was calm, which was so crazy to me. And they gave us an out and they said, look, if you don't want to jump out of this airplane, all you have to do is tell us you can ride. The, you can take the airplane down. You know, we'll land you stay in the, you know, stay in here with us. That wasn't an option for me. Once I committed, I put that, you know, parachute on my back and I took the lessons and we stepped on that airplane. I knew the only way for me to get back down to the ground was to jump out. Yeah. That was the only option that I gave myself yeah. and I did it. And, and I was like, Oh my God, I, I can do anything. Like yeah. that's if I commit myself to something, I can do it. Yeah. That's but anyway, awesome. put yourself in uncomfortable situations to just to, to learn new things about yourself, what, what you're capable of. Yeah. I think so many of us sell ourselves short on what we're able to do or capable of doing. And we say, Oh, I can't do that because we've never tried it. Yeah. The, you know, that movie, yes, man with uh, Jim Carrey. Mm -hmm. I remember I watched that after 
I'd, I'd seen it years and years before, but then when I got divorced, I watched it again and it really spoke to me differently. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to live by, you know, as crazy as to say yes to literally everything. But I'm like, I'm going to say yes to a lot more. And by saying yes, I picked up disc golf. Mm-hmm. Um, I played, I've picked up tennis again. I have done many other things that I wouldn't have done because I just either a, I was like, well, I wouldn't be good at it or, you know, I've never done it before. I just don't really want to. I started saying yes more and the yes has led me to meet a bunch of great people. It's led to, you know, picking up a new, um, sport like Frisbee golf or disc golf, whatever you want to call it which, which I ended up being really good at <laughs> ironically. And and I just, it's like, it's, a, I enjoy it. You know, I really like it. I really like it. And if, had I not said yes to more things and, and even, you know, I'm not handy, very handy and I can paint, I can do simple stuff, but I, I'm just not like, I couldn't build an addition to a house. I just, not my thing. No, but you can paint paintings. Uh, yes, I can. Really You're good. right. Yeah. You're I can paint. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, but someone asked me this, Hey, I'm building a shed. Uh, would you come help me? Literally, I was gonna. I was like in my mind, going, "No, I'm not fucking handy. Don't give me a hammer and a nail. I don't want to do this." And I just mechanically, I go, "Yes." <laughs> he goes, oh, "You'll help." I go, "Yeah." <laughs> you know, like in my mind, like it was just. I, I didn't want to. I was just right. saying yes, and it was fucking fun. <laughs> like I went over there, and you know, I built a fucking shed. <laughs> I've never built one before or since. But I did it, yeah. you know, and he was the brains. I was just doing what he's told me to do, which is funny because I was like, this is a little easier than I thought, you know, but of course he was telling me everything to do. But I was like, all you're doing is cutting and measuring and putting it together like this. Yeah, this is amazing. Uh, but yeah, I just would have never had that experience had I gone with my, my typical mm-hmm. no, or I don't, I've never done that before. So I don't want to do that. Yeah. And so I think a, a part of growth stems from saying yes more often. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying new things like what you said, uh, especially things that you're scared of. Right. Yes. So I used to be scared to fly and uh, I was like, well, you, you, in my, just in my opinion, I was like, well, you can't fucking live life and not fly. Like that's, I want to travel. And so you have to fly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, since then I'm now flown to Paris and you know, all around. You're whatever. actually a passenger. You're not flying. The pilot is True. flying. There you go. You're a passenger. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I was scared to be a passenger on a, on a flight. And, uh, I just believed in facing those fears, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm going to face those fears and you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I felt that way. Even when I, my grandpa took me up in a Cessna, a little, little, was it a four seater? I've been up in a two seater. That was fucking scary. <laughs> <laughs> and then a four seater. And that was not as scary, but pretty scary. Cause they get jolt, you know, they mm-hmm. move around a lot more than than a big plane. Have you ever been in a hot air balloon? No, but I would love to. I was s- sort of afraid. I said, it makes me a little nervous, but. But I did it and it, it is, oh my gosh, it's, it's amazing. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. And it's not anything that you would think. Really? It, yeah. It's very different. It's not, it's not cold. It's not, you know, it's not like, it's very, very smooth. smooth. It's very smooth. Um, very different from flying and, you know, riding in an airplane. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, but it's amazing because you can, you're so, it's going so slowly 
that you can see, you can just really? see everything. It's, it's a, yeah, it's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. I did that in my 50th year Oh, in, really? in Napa. Yeah. It okay. was beautiful. So you know where I was in my 50th birthday, like on my birthday? No. I was <laughs> on the Audubon Ooh. in Germany going 180 oh. miles an hour. In a high-performance Mercedes. Oh, my gosh. Were you driving or riding? I was driving. Oh, my gosh. That sounds amazing. So I was hauling ass, and I kid you not, I saw in my rear mirror. So part of the deal is when you're on the Autobahn, which is unlimited speed limit, mm -hmm. which is weird. So people think the Autobahn, so the Autobahn would be like I-35 is the Autobahn, mm -hmm. but not all of the Autobahn is full on. Right. It's right. only sections of it. So you'll get to a certain section, and, it, and it's marked unlimited i forget how the marking looks but it's, it's unlimited so that's when you could whatever you can, doesn't matter no limit <laughs> so i'm going 180 I mean, i'm hauling ass i see in my rear mirror a car gaining on me <laughs> and i'm in my mind going what the hell is going on this is crazy because this car is gaining on me and all of a sudden <laughs> And I was like, does anybody see what that was? Like, that was so <laughs> fucking crazy. We got up to the exit. We exited off. That car happened to be beside us. It was a McLaren. Oh, wow. The guy rolls down his window and he goes, yeah. You know, he's like, <laughs> yeah. You know, and he revs up his engine. And I was like, dude, that was the fucking coolest thing oh, I've ever seen gosh. in my whole fucking life. Yeah. He had to be going yeah. like, I don't even know, 250. It, yep. was, it was crazy. I'm I like did 50. the the ride along at the Speedway. Oh, you did? Mm -hmm. oh, and I, cool. and the reason I, it'd be cool to drive, but the reason I did the ride along is I knew that I would go a lot faster in the ride along than I would driving it myself. Yeah. <laughs> I would hesitate. You know, uh, it wasn't long enough. Like it was, I think we were at 260 and it was ridiculous. Oh my gosh. I couldn't stop laughing. Like I was just, I was, so, it was such a joyful experience for me. That all I, every time he would say to something to me, I would just laugh. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so fantastic. <laughs> I did it with both my boys and Lisa was with us too. Oh, that's yeah, so it cool. was, it was for my son's birthday. And he's recently told me, he said, mom, I think that was more for you than it was for me. Oh, that's <laughs> But I was cool. like, you loved it. You know, you did. That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, no, going fast is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I have a motorcycle and it. It's not fast. It's quick. Like it's, it's super loud, super quick, but it's. I, yeah, I can't really go much over like 80, 90 miles mm -hmm. an hour. I mean, I go a little bit. It's just, it revs up real high, but it'll get there super fast. So, well, Pammy, um, what would be some closing thoughts on this? Just uh, pursue your authentic self. Yeah. Be you and, and try new things, explore. And, and I think that's the key. I, yeah. cause I, you know, my mind, when I'm doing a podcast, I'm always in my mind thinking, you know, how is this helping someone? Mm -hmm. You know, are we just shooting the shit? whatever how is this helping someone and i know the whole concept of being all your authentic self will create thoughts for people um but i'm also like what's the application to me what's the application how do you apply it and it probably comes from being a pastor you know here's the thing here's how to here's how to accomplish the thing right and and i think you're right i think trying new things uh things that you might not even know that you would like doing things that you have no idea of right mm -hmm. things beyond that mm -hmm. um I think that's, that is an important piece in, in self-discovery. Like, have you ever danced? No, I'm no good at dancing. Oh, well then for then sure you, you should dance. To, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like then for sure yes. you should dance, yes. you know? Um, 
or anything, picking up an instrument. Yeah. You know, I've always wanted to play guitar. So I picked up a guitar and, and, you know, start, start playing guitar and, and, and I've always wanted to. And so now I can play guitar simply. I mean, I play very simple, but it's like, I can play, you know, mm -hmm. it's, I love it. Um, you know, I've heard of people taking voice lessons, you know, or, uh, picking up, you know, whatever it might be. If you're like, I've always wanted to play the drums. Well then mm -hmm. fucking yeah. take lessons, yeah. do it. You know, um, don't live an interesting life. Yeah. You know, live and what, and that, what, what's interesting to me might not be what's interesting to someone else. So I don't know what interesting is for you, whoever's listening. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what it would be to be interesting, but figure that out. Yeah, that's the part of the discovery and saying, saying yes, when you want to say yes and say no, when you want to say no, yeah. you know, and, and don't compromise your authentic self. Yeah. Pammy. Timmy. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Everybody. Thank you so much for listening today. And uh, yeah, man, start the journey. Self-discovery, live your authentic self. You'll never be happier. I promise. Peace out, everybody.